Thank you for tuning in to the Realities Podcast. Realities Podcast is a blog-term podcast about the realities of life, what's trending, being a mom and a wife, family, career, and everything in between. I hope you enjoy this next episode, but please make sure that you follow us on Instagram at Realities, and that is R-A-I-A-L-I-T-I-E-S. Let us know what you think about this next episode. Enjoy. Continuing with our conversation about investments and just how to start the year off right. We are still in January, so it's not too late. If you didn't add things to your new year resolution, your vision board or what have you, it's still time. It's never the wrong time, but now is the right time, if that makes sense. So we will allow her to introduce herself and she is a returning podcaster. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Realtor Stephanie Hill, the luxury move-up specialist, and I am uh, licensed in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, and I help my clients buy and sell real estate so that they can build generational wealth and uh, continue to you know, do for their families. So I'm so excited to be returning here and talking to you ladies today. Awesome. So how long have you been a realtor? So now I want to say it's probably going on four, five years, maybe like time is flying. Um, you know, pand- pandemic years don't count, but I, I think it's probably like five years now. <laughs> pandemic years don't count. <laughs> okay. Under, um, are you under a, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if it's a broker brokerage. or brokerage. Yes. So I'm an agent with Bennett Realty Solutions. We are probably one of, if not the largest, independent um, African-American owned brokerage in the state. And so I'm really proud of that. And we, of course, serve all clients, but it's really great to be um, under the guidance and mentorship of someone who looks like you, too, because they understand the struggles that you're going through. They understand the the struggles that others in our community have when they're trying to seek homeownership or perhaps, you know, trying to seek investment properties. And it's it's good to have that perspective as well. I love it. I love it. I like the black on. As I had just came back from uh, Target purchasing my Black History Month uh, shirts, items that they have in the Target. Don't judge me. Target. Don't judge me. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Okay. Fellow Bowie State um, alumni created, was is one of the creators that was chosen to showcase his stuff at uh, the Target. Oh, nice. Okay. Who? Yeah. Cool. Do you remember oh, his name? I got to look on the tag. I don't remember his name, but I got to okay, look yeah, on the okay. tag, but I'll yeah, definitely, definitely post shit. it and all that stuff. Cause yeah, it's, it's kind of double, double support. Like you're supporting your fellow Bowie State alumni and then you also support Black History Month. So pretty dope, pretty dope. So let's talk about investments, particularly home buying, um, when it's the right or wrong time, what to do to prepare for this for home buying. Um, so yeah, so with it being a new year, um, a lot of people may have those goals. I know we always talk about my vision board. Be quiet, Gina. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What's on the vision board? Because you, because you, you already like, set no, it up for. I don't know. My, my set it up board, funky. My vision board is is um my vision board has quite a few things on there, but mainly, most importantly, is purchasing a vehicle. Um, but. And I, I think we have kind of put off, not think, but we have put off the purchase of a vehicle due to 
wanting to invest and and grow that portfolio. And so, of course, you have to have that 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 common sense to know I can't buy my Range Rover and buy a and buy well unless I do it in the right order. Well, don't entertain that, Stephanie. But <laughs> well, hold on there. Okay, so yes and no. Okay, so te- so yeah, there are ways. Okay, so let's 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 go there real quick. Okay, <laughs> so what you can do, you can start a business for your investment properties, right, or your for your investment journey, right, and then your business can purchase a vehicle that can be used for your business, you know, needs and all of that kind of thing. And of course, you've heard of the Hummer tax, so you can use, you know, as long as that vehicle is six thousand pounds or more you can use that towards, you know, all your tax situation. I'm not a tax professional, so don't quote me, but I know that you can make it work. That's why everybody's buying them daggone G-Wagons, girl. Like all over Instagram, everybody's like, G-Wagon, tax free. So, you know, (laughs) trust me, there are are ways. Um, But for the purposes of what you're trying to do, yes, unless you're buying it under your business, I would hold off because otherwise it will be counted towards your personal debt. I'm making a note of this. Uh-huh. What's wrong, G? <laughs> Nothing is popping out of <laughs> 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 in your head that you don't need, but it's okay. I, 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 never, I, never, I know I she already had the vision. I was just explaining and I've had one the possible way. So, 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 Stephanie, we know you are a realtor for the DMV. Are you a realtor in any other um, states? No, I stick here primarily because I really want to be well-versed in um, the areas that I represent. And so I want my clients to feel like they can talk about any area and I know exactly what they're talking about, exactly like what the latest, you know, home values are and all of that. And so I want people to, um, you know, have that confidence in me. And so for that reason, I've mainly stuck to these areas because I know them really well. I've grown up here and, you know, it's an area that, um, that I'm really passionate about helping people to transition into. So I do have a question because you did say that you are a luxury move-up specialist. So you're, you are you like um, the aldermans from a uh, million dollar listing? <laughs> Not yet, but Lord willing, Lord willing, girl, Lord willing. Um, but you know what? To be quite honest with you, luxury is a, is a frame of mind, right? Mm-hmm. So luxury doesn't necessarily have to be a certain price point. It can be, but it's really about the whole experience, right? So I want my clients to feel like they're, they're well taken care of, that, you know, all of their needs are met that when they think about whatever you know they need in the transaction it's taken care of so whether that's a concierge service whether that's making sure that the transaction coordinator is you know doing the due diligence just making sure that the whole experience from front to back is really um, top tier and so sometimes that does include higher price points sometimes it could be you know helping clients build luxury and wealth for their families amazing amazing so let's get into what like when is the right time or the wrong time to buy and what that looks like? Like if it's, is now the right time for someone to, to buy. And so this is what I'll say. Um, there's never really a wrong time to buy unless you don't have the money. And so um, the, the housing market, especially in this DMV area, is always appreciating. So um, and by appreciating, I mean like the home values are steadily going up. Over these last two years, we've seen 20, you know, 20% appreciation in some areas, which has made people think like, oh my God, like what is going on? But in reality, our area has always been a very desirable area. You have the federal government here. You have large hospital centers here 
here. So people are always trying to move to the area. So that helps to keep our home values steadily going up. And so when people think about when's the right time to move, it's really more of a personal decision and a financial decision. When you have the money, then the DMV is ready for you because your home values are going to keep, you know, keep moving up. Now I will say this, they don't always appreciate, you know, in these 10, 15, 20% ranges that we've been seeing over these last two years. But, um, you know, with a, with a smart purchase, they should steadily be increasing at least four, five, six, seven, eight, nine percent per year. And so what I tell people to think about is if this is their first purchase, for example, try to have at least seven to 10% of the total purchase price available. You may or may not use all of it, but having that amount available will help you to make sure that you're not strapped for cash you know, at the last minute. And so a lot of times, uh, first time home buyers, for example, will ask about grant programs. And while many can qualify for them, because a lot of people in our area um, are, are making higher salaries, Sometimes they don't necessarily qualify because those grant programs are requiring um, sort of sometimes lower um, lower salaries or there may be lower household incomes in order to apply. And so if you have two people who are making what may be considered average salaries around here, they may be knocked out of getting that money. Um, so that's why I always recommend if you have enough saved between your personal finances, your retirement account, and also your family can uh, provide some gift funds as well, then that should give you the good mix. And then if we're able, depending on the market, to get some closing assistance from the seller, then you're in an even better situation. So you said that if, if you have the money, mm -hmm. um, what if you want to buy a house and let's say you have um let's say you got a, a decent a decent paying job um, I, I guess we'll go with make, maybe you're making what 75,000 mm -hmm. I guess that's good I don't know but anyway <laughs> <laughs> let's say you're making 75,000 a year but you have not um you you weren't able to save up like you know how most people are supposed you're supposed to have something saved in somewhere mm -hmm. Uh -huh. Can you still purchase? Like, how would would you still be able to do something? You have to have some money by law. There are no get into a house scot free kind of situations, but um, you can. There are some programs where you can put down lower amounts. So, for example, NACA is a program that doesn't have the same requirements um, about student debt or debt to income ratios or income requirements. Um, it's a longer process, however, but if you're able to stick with it, that's a program where they will really pay for most of your down payment and most of your closing costs. So, what you have to come to the table with is very very, very minor. So that's a good program for someone who um, perhaps either has more time to wait on the process because it's a lengthy process, sometimes a year, year and a half, um, or uh, but they just don't necessarily have all the funds together. That's probably going to be one of their better shots because all the programs from the county and the state are, are going to give you like up to 15,000-ish, maybe in some cases 20,000. But with the... With the um, home prices in our area, it's going to be really tricky for someone to get in without having at least, you know, 15000 or so saved up on their own if they don't go through a program like ANACA. So is it the same or would you say it's the same as selling your house? Is there a right time or wrong time to sell your house? 
I think if you're going to sell your home, you need to know where you're going. So you have to really understand, like, what's your end goal here? Is you your can't take goal... the money and then be homeless. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> so you got to figure out, like, okay, am I going to use this money? And, you know, I, I want to use the, the appreciation that I've gained to put towards another property, or do I want to use that and use some of it maybe to purchase an investment property? Or, you know, like, what's my situation here? Because unless you're moving to another area where... Um, the home values are much, much, much cheaper. You can't sell and not have a plan. And so that's part of what I help my clients do too. I help them to evaluate all the possible scenarios so that we're really clear so that before they move forward, they understand what their options are. Because nobody's trying to be out here uh, without a home unless they're going to come move in with the Walstons. So. And that's a hard negative. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought you loved me. <laughs> She said, you can come visit. I love you where you are. (laughs) (laughs) So I know Rayshawn has been, she's lived in different areas. I've lived in different areas. And since you are, you are a realtor for the DMV, what's the, and I'm sure I already know the answer to it. What's the least expensive area to live in and the most expensive area to live in? Okay. Um, So it's a little tricky because the home prices are just so different. So let me start with Virginia first. So for example, um, areas like uh, Stafford, Stafford is good. Fredericksburg is is good in terms of like, you can get a really, really, really good value for your money. So you can be in the high threes, um, low 400,000s and get a nice single family um, home in Fredericksburg. And they have tons of schools, tons of like shopping. Like know somebody live in Fredericksburg. Yeah, it's like tons. (laughs) So um, that's still a really good value. And they have a really strong military community. So homes are always you know available on the market because people are moving every three years or so um so but it but an expensive area of course as compared to the size and what you get is like your um your mclean well i'm not gonna go with mclean i'll say I'll, I like alexandria alexandria in comparison for square footage it's going to be a little tricky um, but a lot of people like to live there because of the school system so you kind of get what you pay for in terms of you may pay a higher price but you're going to likely perhaps maybe be like that six hundred thousand may get you a condo whereas take that six hundred thousand to fredericksburg and you're like living good 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 you know so it just depends on what you know what your needs are so um, alexandria like dc in, in regards to like maybe square footage of homes and yes. stuff uh-huh Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. live in an area. People pay to yeah. live where they want to live. Man. Um, and so, of course, there's even, you know, higher priced areas in, in Virginia, like McLean and, you know, certain parts of um, uh, like Tyson's and, and those areas as well. Um, and then in Maryland, I'd say you'd find what's interesting is Capitol Heights used to be um, like a, a, a lower Ooh. price point area, but it is like shot up in value tremendously, like tremendously. Yes, because a lot of investors were able to come in, you know, in those homes that families were moving out of, they were able to purchase them at a lower price point. So a lot of the inventory that you see in Capitol Heights are like flips. So the expectations of what people want are now very different. So it's harder for a home seller, for example, um, and I had this conversation with somebody, it's harder for someone to sell their home in Capitol Heights who has not done any renovations there versus you know all the other homes because everything is like brand new on the inside and so now those home values like capitol heights is more like mid threes 
and cresting the 400s, whereas it used to be like twos. And so um, I'd say now because of that, Temple Hills is more of a um, an entry point into a, a lower price point. Um, and then a higher price point would be like your Potomac's, Bethesda's, that sort of thing. Um, but tax wise, this Bowie Upper Marlboro area, the 20774, <laughs> has higher taxes than those I, other areas, which is very interesting, I'll say. Yeah. And then uh, But they but they take care of you. At least I get my trash picked up twice and across the street. <laughs> across the street they gotta wait. They gotta wait. They only get one they only get one. The count count. Yeah, you're you're one. in the you get two because you're I in the city. Yeah. Yep. And then they come I see the people every day. They come pick up the trash and the recycle, then they come pick up your yard stuff and then and, oh yeah that's mm -hmm. that's why you, that's why they get christmas calls <laughs> mm -hmm. yep you paying for those extra things but 20774 pays high taxes and they get we get none of that so oh yeah there's that and then um and then i'd say for dc um you know what's interesting it used to be that places like deanwood um and those kind of areas used to be good entry points but deanwood has gotten to be higher price now too so um a lot of people are coming in to marshall heights now and that's um probably one of the lowest priced areas but it is quickly quickly appreciating so now you can maybe get in there in the mid 500s um for a, for a row home, which is going to be really good value for most areas. Um, some parts of Deanwood, you might be able to find a little something. And then, of course, when you go up to like the Palisades and then you're talking like big money. So it just depends on what people want and what their price point and you know neighborhood characteristics are. So do you think that I know at some point everybody was talking about a lot of um, I would say African-Americans were moving to the Waldorf Brandywine area. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that contributed to the amount of homes that were able to be now purchased by investors and flipped and, per and now they're selling higher because those people have moved out at, from, the, let's say from the Capitol Heights area and they didn't move down what they call South um, and it just opened it up because now they probably seem like they're all trying to come back. But I think they got more for their money down there, too. Was I was going to say, but them. the thing is, the size of the homes is is different. So yeah. the thing with Capitol Heights is, as you know, like the footprint is what the footprint is. And builders aren't, I shouldn't say builders, excuse me, investors aren't like tearing them down, rebuilding them from the ground up. They're still using the, the same basic footprint, but they're gutting the inside. So, you know, if you still are seeking like a larger home, it's just not necessarily going to, you know, you're not going to find it there unless you go in one of those little pockets where a builder has come in and bought a plot of land and um, put up a couple of homes. So you still can get that value. It's just that, you know, it just depends on the size and, and what you need. Okay. And as far as D.C., do you think that gentrification has, has added to why a lot of the locations are changed? Oh, 100%. Where, yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, that's... Of course, that is of course what it is. Yeah. Um, it's just it's 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 really tricky because I don't want to get too political, but I just feel like um, you know sometimes they don't give all the services when certain folk live in there. But yeah. then you know when other the folks services are there, yeah, services are like plentiful, mm -hmm. and so I think um, 
that's what contributes to a lot of that gentrification and that turnover because you know people get frustrated of not having those services and those things that they want and then when you know people pass away they don't have that same connection because things have fallen down in their neighborhood and then lo and behold come back five years later and it's like what what what, what what's this oh yeah i look yeah. at a lot of areas like specifically like where we grew up and things like that and i'm like Wow, it does uh-huh. not look like what it looks like. I can't even remember what was in that space. Think like, about Columbia Heights, like yeah. in our like generation. Remember that was like hood, yeah. and then it's like what? It's just completely different. You can, you can walk your dog and talk uh-huh. to strangers, and they be okay. You'll probably get questioned on the street, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. They may be looking like what you doing around here, right? <laughs> that is so true. That is uh-huh. so true. So what is the average going uh, interest interest rate for uh, purchasing a house? So right now it's about three and a half percent. And so that's kind of going back to like 2017, 2018 timeframe, um, which is definitely higher than we've seen throughout these last couple of years with the pandemic, but it still is a really good interest rate. And so I know these last few years, people have been used to seeing things in the high twos, like 2.8, 2.9, or like maybe 3.0 or three, you know, 3.0 was like, oh my God, oh my God, that's so high now. <laughs> but <laughs> realistically, um, three and a half percent is still really good. It's just that people have to, you know, retrain their minds to remember like, even some years back, four and a half percent was like good or four and a quarter was good. And so um, like if you talk to your parents, you know, parents probably had double digits. I know I was asking my dad and he said when they um, when they moved into their house, I think their interest rate was like 12 percent. And uh, yeah. another mortgage. And I know <laughs> we've never we've never seen a we've never seen a double digit interest rate. And so I think it's just all about that perspective. But three and a half percent is still really good. So how should someone prepare to become a homeowner? Like, I know we talked about like finances being a big thing too, um, but are there, you know, inclusive of finances, make sure your finances are in order. Are there some things that they need to prepare for? They're like, hey, on my vision board, I have this nice house in the middle of it. And in my mind, I want to live like I'm in Atlanta, but I know that I'm really in Landover. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Um, It's a blessing and a curse to have a lot of these home shows, because on one hand, you see the possibilities. Right. And so it makes homeownership seem like it's more attainable. But then on the flip side, when you go out yourself, you have to really, you know, retrain your mind and that's again what i what i'm here for i'm here to bring the reality and the perspective Uh back Um, (laughs) but you have to really understand what your dollar goes for here and be prepared you know to either accept that or realize okay i need to wait until i can you know be comfortable in in whatever price point I want to get into. Because I think a lot of times people expect new, 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 because that's all that they show online. Um, Or like really like super high end finishes and all that kind of stuff. And that's totally fine, but you have to pay for it. So if you're not quite ready to pay for that, then you have to figure out what is my end goal? Why am I like trying to move into a home? And, you know, think about those things. And so what I try to remind people, especially first time home buyers, is that number one your first home is not going to be your last home point blank period the whole point 
of buying a home in addition to all the fluffy stuff and you know having a place to call your own and all that kind of stuff it is an investment vehicle okay bottom line it is a savings account you are depositing money today so that five seven ten years years down the line when you are ready to you know upgrade make your dream house come true or go on a crazy fancy vacation go back to school whatever you have a nest egg that you can pull from that you have been investing in steadily and weren't even thinking about and so i try to put it in that frame of mind so that people realize like yes this is an achievement for sure but this is also like a strategic move and so if you think about it like that you can sometimes it's easier to cushion your wants and desires versus like what you really need because you can always make improvements to the home um you know you can do things over time with tax money and all of that to help it to be what you need it to be but realize that this is the this is probably the fastest and easiest way that one you know that someone can save money over the course of time so is there oh go ahead g you look look stressed out for those who um for our listeners we're trying to to my husband and i are trying to do the same thing and we're we're at the point where we're we know it's going to cost more money than what we pay now and it's that culture i mean um it's that Uh money shop Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, what? We got to do, wait, huh? I don't, that's how I was, but this, this house versus Ooh. the last house. Like, you know what? Let me flip this real quick if y'all don't mind. Um, Rayshawn, talk about payment shock because I think it's one thing to hear it from an agent, but it's another thing like when you hear it from someone who's also been there too. Talk about like how was that, you know, that shock going from what you were paying before and how you were comfortable and had, oh, you know, yeah. excess cash and stuff to now, you know, with your second it- purchase. It definitely is. So in the previous home, now, mind you, we stayed in the same zip code, but we had a smaller, we had a townhouse versus a single family house. And of course we were there for, we were here for three, so let's say seven, eight years we were there. I was living my best life. <laughs> but then of course, you know, family grew it and, and life changed for us. So we needed bigger space. And of course we wanted bigger space. But once I saw that number, I'm like, God, mother, okay. Like it, it definitely is a change, but you get over it quickly. I mean, cause you do see that, okay, for what I was paying there and now what I'm paying here. And then your life changes at, I mean, for, for most of us, I would hope for everybody, life changes and you grow and you move forward. And so, you know, we grew in our careers and things like that. So now it doesn't look as bad because we're bringing home more than we were before. It's comfortable. You get, you kind of get over it. That initial shock, I would say maybe the first, the first six months, it was like, Oh my God, like paying that mortgage. I'm like, it's like a gut punch. I'm like, I do not want to give y'all this money. Lord. And that's the thing. It's like the payment shock. You do have that initial six months year, but that's like the course correction, right? So during that time you're figuring out, okay, what expenses do I need to prioritize? What things do I need to shift a little bit? And then by the time the next year rolls around, like you said, income has gone up a little bit. You figured out how to, you know, make those adjustments. And like you said, your life has shifted in other ways. So it all balances out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I know, you know, what G said, they, they, they're, they're, they're moving and, and reshifting their world over there. But it will be, I mean, especially because y'all lived here forever, that it'll right. be that initial shock. But then you kind of see the reward. Like you didn't have space. Yes. I was just about to say that. But you, you come home reward, and you get yeah. to physically see where your money is going. Yeah. And, and it's yep, not. The playroom right there. That basement right there. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. And it's not, I mean, and then honestly, like we've been here for three years now. It's always something different to do. Like we look around, I'm like, oh, I could change this wall and I could do this. So you can always not necessarily get bored with it versus, you know, you can, things can move around and change. I mean, everybody know my, they're all in all of the pictures we have all over these walls at this point, but you know, you can, you can change it up too so that it feels different and looks different. Okay. Don't stress about it. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> if, if the lender didn't think that you could afford it, they wouldn't approve you for it. So the, the money is there. It's just in different pockets right now. So it's just bringing it together. It's sitting in her pocket. That's what it is. <laughs> it's going it towards nobody else. It's, it's going towards these 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 hill family vacations that we try to, <laughs> try to live the hill life. You can go on vacations, girl. Uh huh. Yeah. You can do it. Uh huh. So uh, uh, okay, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. <laughs> speaking of speaking of getting there, so. Like I said, we're 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 weighing options. Our um, we've spoken to a realtor. We're getting our realtor to send us different options and things like that. At one point in time, the older homes were less money, and uh, is it still the same? Is that still the same? Because most of the newer homes are usually set up with four bedrooms. So if I wanted to buy a four bedroom home with a finished basement, you know, all the everything. But then I go into a newer home and it's the same finished basement, all of that stuff. Is the is the yeah, older different. one yeah, is there a difference in the prices? Yeah. So you're right. It used to be that new construction was, you know, seemed to be considerably higher than existing construction, <clears throat> but that's not necessarily the case in in all situations. But there's a few different a few different reasons why so a lot of times the new construction um, the lots are going to be smaller than existing lots are so that means like you know the, the backyard space the space that your home is built on um, and in in many cases also the footprint of the home is going to be smaller than what you could find sort of comparable in that same price point to an existing home but on the flip side, whereas you may have, um, you know, more space inside an existing home, there may be some things that you may need to update. So if the um, so the chances are the seller probably did finish the basement in an existing home, but you may want to update some things in the bathroom or you may want to do a couple more updates in the kitchen, things like that that you could do over time if you're willing to trade having more space and perhaps a larger lot. Um, for you know for that price point but if you like something that is ready to go um, you know right upon entry and that you know definitely will appreciate because um, will appreciate faster I should say then a new construction is a good option as well because one thing that you can guarantee is as long as they're building your home when it gets you know when you go under contract will be worth more than it will be by the time the community is done because every three to five homes, they raise the price. And so that builds in some appreciation. And that's another way that the builder makes sure that they can continue to keep those home values up. And since they own the whole process, they own the construction, the build, the lending, um, and all of that, they're able to kind of, you know, um, regulate that process. So I hope that answered the question. So it really just comes to, in many cases, existing homes may have more space, more lot, but newer homes 
may uh, may appreciate a little bit faster and they're ready to go you don't have to update anything but i will say this um in most communities the basement is an added 25 to thirty thousand dollar upgrade so that kind of brings that price point right back up so it just depends on yeah so it just depends on whether the community you're over here, rub, over here rubbing some wounds man yeah, you're rubbing some wounds. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's Tell good. me about that's it. Good. But this is yeah. the thing, though, because Rayshawn finished that basement, that gives her that extra appreciation. So she was able; she has you know extra value now because she has extra total finished space. So it's you know there's multiple ways to look at it. So although she didn't you know she didn't have that when she first moved in, the price was reflective of that. But now she can get she can realize that extra appreciation. Absolutely. So when you have, I know usually when you when you when you purchase a uh, an, an older home and already built home they a lot of times you get into bidding wars is that is is it the same thing for new construction new, yeah so no um in new construction you don't have bidding wars where you're you know going over the purchase price necessarily um however what you do have are wars to get to the top of the list and wars to actually put a contract on the home so there are so many you know the waiting list for a lot of these communities are, is really extensive um, i know i was talking to one builder a couple months ago and it was like over 100 people on the list and they only had one home left so a lot of times um that is the that is sort of the, the challenge and so what builders are doing now is they want to know who is serious who's ready to go so that i can put those people at the top of the list and they typically um, determine that by who's ready to complete a, a loan application um, when the lender looks at it do they look like they can purchase the home based on you know whatever their financial outlook is whether or not they want to purchase but at least knowing that they can that sort of thing helps to bump them up and that gets them gets you know potential buyers um, a, a better shot at getting in before they stop the phases because what happens is because of permitting um builders can't hold your money so they can't like just take a deposit and like not build for a while or just say okay you're on the waiting list here give me five grand and i will um um like give me five thousand and i'll hold your your lot for a certain period of time that's not possible so therefore they can only take your money if they know when they'll start to commence the build and they typically release on maybe four to seven homes at a time so it's really imperative that people kind of go in there know that they're ready because otherwise someone is definitely waiting to take their place on the on the list and that's the sort of bidding war um, with new construction just making sure that you're ready so let's kind of switch gears a little bit let's talk about like rentals because realtors can assist with rentals too so how does that look how does that work with like let's say i wanted to rent a house like do i then look for a realtor to assist with that is does that make the process easier yeah so um all agents can help with rentals not all agents um take rental business. So some choose to work with listings and, you know, and, and sales primarily. Um, others also have like property management as well. So they may choose to, you know, property manage your, your property and then kind of go through that process of helping you to get it ready, same as they would with a sale, get it ready, sc um, screen applicants, find applicants, all of that kind of stuff. So it can be helpful if you want to be more hands off and you want to have someone else who's able to kind of screen people 
people um, have a system for doing that and it kind of puts a little bit more separation so that you're not running up and down all the time to show the property so it just depends but I would just say if um, if you are thinking about renting your property or seeking a rental then yes you can absolutely reach out to an agent and see if they um, take rental business and then they can assist you from there so would you suggest for someone who is um, looking to purchase a home, would you suggest they kind of do both at the same time, rent and, not rent, um, go through the purchasing process, but also try to find a renter? Yeah, so it depends. But what I would say is um, I would talk to your agent to really find out, like, let's put together the timeline. Let's see what all the different options are. And then once you've made the decision that you're definitely moving and all of that, then you can figure out and, and you're going to keep the property and use it as an investment. Then um, doing the rental process comes so much later down the road that you can, you know, you can figure that out, you know, maybe a couple months before you get ready to move into your new home. It's not as long of a process as the, the buying process. Process. And because you really can't do anything until you move out anyway, there's not too much that can be done in advance in terms of prep work. Well, so yeah, and you don't want to make yourself homeless. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't got you didn't got somebody else moved in, and, right? You and now street. you now you don't have nowhere to go. What are as for you? What are your goals um, as far as your real estate business? What's your goals? Yeah, so I um I have a goal of a you know an amount that I want to reach this year, of course, but I also want to at the end of the year build a business where I can eventually in twenty to twenty three have a team member to assist. Um, so maybe like a junior agent or something like that so that I can help to train someone else, give them some experiences and also expand um, expand my portfolio as well. So that's something that I'll actively be working on this year so that I can really step into that in 2023. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I know a lot of people, everybody and their mama wanted to do real estate in I know. college so they realized. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. You got to put in that work. Like you can't sell this pencil. It ain't for you. <laughs> yeah, you got to put in some work. Um, one thing I do want to say real quick, a lot of times, and I've had this, um, I've had this conversation with honestly quite a few people and, and some agents and I were talking about it the other day. A lot of times people, um, when they're thinking about like getting ready to purchase a home, whether it's their first, second, third, whatever, a lot of times people always look at, um, the total purchase price because they're equating that to what they may be thinking that you know they can afford or they may be thinking like okay this you know this price point so i'll just make it up like four hundred thousand dollars in this city gets me what i want so this is what i want to you know to be in however many people don't necessarily look at the monthly payment and so it's really 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 critical that people break down those numbers either using the calculations down below or you know one of the other mortgage calculators to figure out what that equates to in a mortgage payment because if you have constraints you know we all do if you have any constraints about what you want your monthly payment to be the things that really impact that would be your down payment the property taxes um, the private mortgage insurance and then those the other things like the HOA and interest rate etc those things impacted but not as much to the greater you know the greater degree so it's really like okay well if I want to stay in I'm making this number up two thousand dollars 
then you know and this and when I do the calculations my monthly payment is coming up more like 25 then that means that perhaps I need to put down a higher down payment or perhaps I need to look at a city that doesn't have as high property taxes so that I can still stay in this general price point but maybe I have to go you know a little bit further or a little bit more to the east or whatever and so those are things that are like really really important that sometimes get missed um, in the you know in the excitement of looking at homes online so you actually kind of answered um, one of my questions because, you know, you, you talked about down payments, you talked about property taxes, um, the interest rate. I was going to ask, I heard about um, PMI, but you just said, um, what you property? Private mortgage insurance. Private mortgage. So what exactly is that? Yeah. So realistically, um, when you get ready to buy your home, there are lots of different fees that go into it. Right. And so the lender is saying, OK, they charge you interest on the loan if you get a loan because that's how they make their money. But then separately, they take out what's called private mortgage insurance. And that is what a buyer pays so that if they default on the loan and the bank has to foreclose, they get some extra money. That's, I mean, there's no there's no way around it. Like that's the. It's not, nobody's going to break it down like that, but realistically, it's money for the bank. And so um, if you're able to pay that in advance, then that could help you to bring down your payment. But that's not available in all situations, but you can um, pay that private mortgage insurance off in your closing costs if you have a high enough credit score and um, and if your debt to income ratio is good. So that's an option that some lenders offer. And I have um, a client, for example, who used that. And that's how he brought down his mortgage payment to what he was comfortable with because he was able to take that like $9,000, $10,000 and put that onto his closing costs so that his monthly payment was something that didn't create so much of a payment shock for him. So do you think, or would you say that um, and this is just going back to like neighborhoods and price points. Do you, would you say that the neighborhood amenities, meaning um, like if your neighborhood had um, a golf course or a tennis court and all of that stuff plays a part in the price of the homes there? Absolutely. It plays a price, excuse me, it pays, uh, <laughs> it, it plays a role in the price point and also the HOA because that makes the difference between whether a neighborhood that may be like an older established neighborhood with, you know, maybe standard amenities um, that may have like a $50 HOA a month versus like an Oak Creek, which is $200 a month. Um, and so that's also reflective in the prices of the homes as well, because the HOA essentially has to cover all of those things. So in the Oak Creek example, the gate, the security, the pool, the clubhouse, um, you know, all of those kinds of things factor into what um, what goes into like, you know, the value of the neighborhood. And so they have to keep those amenities up because that is what people are paying for. But yes, that absolutely factors in. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you why. So some communities have no HOAs. Some have civic associations. So some older communities have civic associations where essentially the neighbors have come together and decided that they wanted to, you know, do certain things for the neighborhood to keep mm -hmm. their own homes and values up. And then you have HOAs of in older established communities that where you may not see like um uh, like the amenities of the newer communities, but they do other things like making sure that streets that are owned that are not owned by the state or by the county are clear off um, you know different kinds of collection for common areas making sure the trash uh, make paying the HOA management companies so that 
you know, all the fees and things are collected, that the homes um, have met like different architectural regulations, that if stuff has fallen down, that it's addressed and that the homeowner is, you know, notified, et cetera, so that it doesn't impact your property values. So there's still costs that are going on um, that are always being accrued. And it's just, you know, depending on those other things that the neighborhood has to pay for, that determines how much the HOA is. So basically that's why my yard, what when it snowed outside, that's why we didn't get our, our, our snow shovel. <laughs> well, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. You gotta do it yourself, or you gotta wait for the. You gotta wait for the uh, the county to come and do we it. We were one of the last people. I understand. Oh, no, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, part they of that was is out here you know, that same night. That same night, once it stopped, oh man, you heard that man come with that plow. City of Bowie yep. ain't playing. <laughs> ain't not playing out here. But I mean, even for. The, I mean, in my opinion, it's a lower cost because even in my old neighborhood, it was a higher cost, but we had mm-hmm. a smaller home. For us, you know, we have, you know, the tennis courts, and I'm pretty sure, like you said, it go, it's a lot more that goes into what your HOA pays for, but you also, your neighborhood is so big that you can mm-hmm. have that small number or that, that, that smaller cost because, the, you know, whatever the amount that's needed to, to run everything is divided by the number of these homes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I would say that as far as like the, the landscaping and stuff, they do an amazing job here. I mean, even down to, you know, they, they give us some Christmas lights. And the holiday stuff. lights. I was going to say, yeah, the lights. And, and then you got to pay that. for that. I just want them to give us a new sign for the entry so people know where I live. But I, mean, <laughs> I don't want people to know where I live, but <laughs> I do want a you know, bigger sign some lights or something but but otherwise yeah it's um you also talked about like my last my last question you also talked about um going when like when you're looking at houses online i've looked again you know trying to see what 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 it looks like and the number so if i punched in let's say if i punched in a house that i wanted was four hundred thousand dollars the calculations don't necessarily add up so is it yeah, yeah people get caught up with that all the time because what so like Redfin and all they like have this default some of them I should say not necessarily just Redfin but Redfin, Zillow, whatever sometimes they have a default of like 20% so you have to go in and like adjust that scale down to what your actual down payment will be and then you have a better chance of seeing what the what the um, the actual mortgage might be and so then also take a look at what they have put in there for the interest rate because you know, unfortunately, like the buyer won't necessarily know if it's accurate or not, but at least like putting down what you what your actual down payment might be will give you a better idea okay. for sure. But sometimes um, they can, you know, it, they can give you a slightly different one because they may think, oh, well, maybe she'll get an arm or maybe she'll get something else that will give you a lower interest rate for a certain number of years. So they, they find creative ways to make you want the house, but you just have to do your due diligence as much as possible. And then, you know, your agent and lender lending partner will help you with the rest. So for those that, I don't know if this Mrs. Hill has done an amazing job with marketing herself. One thing I, I think I said previously is, is, is important to invest in yourself. Um, that's, that's a big thing. And that's on my vision board also, Gina. See, so I'm investing in myself with this Range Rover. Um, <laughs> with the 6,000 pound Range Rover. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it probably will weigh that much. As <laughs> but there, for those that do live in the area, 
Yeah, it is actually, and I'm going to um, be updating it probably within the next three or four weeks with um, a new look. So uh, definitely make sure uh -oh. to check it out. Wait, yes, where is the sign? I have um, I have a billboard sign up at Bowie Town Center, so it's right in front of Party HQ, which is where the food court used to be. Oh, so if you're driving through the center of Bowie Town Center, come through the center and look to the left, and you'll see me right by Foot Locker. Awesome. I was just over there. I was like, where's the sign? But I didn't go you there. I have to go and find because I've been oh how long has the sign been up there? Um, probably since September, I want to say. September, October. I've been over there recently a, a couple of times, but of course, because I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't pay attention to it. But now I'm gonna have to go over there. Mm -hmm. like, right now it's me like this. But yeah, uh -huh. I'm gonna ready to update my photos. So yeah. Awesome. Now I you gotta get it. on the bus so you can be, you know, you know what? Back. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and if I could do a little plug, um, Hubby Sign is in the mall at Prince George's uh, oh, in yeah. the food court. So as soon as you walk in the door, you'll see him, uh, he and his business partner up there too. So. Oh, cool. And Hubby is a chiropractor. He ha he owns a chiropractic Yes. Rebound clinic. Not back crack. Yeah. Come on through. It, do it does scare you initially, but. <laughs> we might have to we might have to plug that in plug him in to oh, he, he, he on my he on my list he on it okay i gotta, I gotta look deep into it <laughs> he on my list. <laughs> oh that's cool awesome well thank you so much steph as always thank you for having us. me i really appreciate it yes so for our listeners of course um make sure that you download the podcast on all platforms where you get your podcasts um also follow us on instagram at realities and that's r-a-i-a-l-i-t-i-e-s um we're follow me at who sells them yes. sells dmv yes 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 and we're gonna tag you too so make sure that you know even if you don't need a home right now and you're just looking tell a friend who tell a friend <laughs> absolutely Steph, somebody Steph told, somebody some told a friend marketing. <laughs> yes Phone different. Phone different. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Steph, Steph has a lot of amazing marketing on her page too. So you, it's yeah. definitely um good to just follow and, and just look. It's 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 knowledge also. So it definitely would help That's those right. who those who are just looking. And then when she gets up there with the million dollar listings, y'all will be short. So y'all better hurry up. <laughs> No, there'll always be a place. There'll, there'll always be a place. With her assistant that she'll have next year. <laughs> exactly. Look, I need to get mine before she get that assistant in because then all that stuff starts going I don't, I don't want the assistant. I want, I want the owner. I don't want the assistant. <laughs> I'll talk to you. Where's Stephanie? Right. Like, where are you? Right. Listen here, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Junior, have a little, be happy to assist you. Have a little Bentley <laughs> with an umbrella. Just, I'm here for Mrs. Steele. <laughs> show you this i'm here home. for it <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much thank again. you and as always in my um usual my usual exits bye